welcome to MonkCast, a podcast from the Monks of St. Benedict's Abbey in Atchison, Kansas. On this edition, we're joined by Abbot James Albers, Brother Levin Harton, and Father Simon Baker to uh, have a discussion about prayer. I'd just uh, like to have each of you introduce yourselves. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself. So, Abbot James, start with you. I'm Abbot James Albers. I've been in the monastery for 20 years. I'm coming up on three years as Abbot. I uh, grew up in one of our parishes, uh, local parishes here, staffed by the Benedictines, and uh, really have known the Benedictines uh, most of my life. My name is Brother Levin Hart, and I'm the vocations director for the community. Um, I also work at uh, Benedict Spriddle, which is on sale on our website, and uh, I've been in the monastery for a little over nine years, went to Benedictine College, graduated in 2006, and took a summer vacation and then came back for formation. My name is Father Simon Baker. Uh, I'm the youngest one in the group. I've been in the monastery seven years, going on my eighth year now. Uh, I've been uh, just ordained in April, and now I'm, I've been named the chaplain of Benedictine College and the junior master of our community. Okay, so prayer. As uh, monks, you gather five times a day to pray in the church uh, together. So, Abbot, what's the purpose of this prayer? Well, prayer um, in itself is our primary work. Um, it's St. Benedict reminds us it is the work of God. Um, and so we gather those, those five times, uh, just shy of three hours total. And uh, it's, it's to lift up um, our community, the world, um, all our family and friends um, in prayer and to, to present uh, those prayers and those people, those individuals, um, and those institutions that we're involved in, um, to present them to God and uh, to ask for um, his mercy and guidance in them. I think uh, one of my favorite lines that I heard uh, a long time ago, and I don't remember where it came from, said, prayer is the hand that moves the hand that moves the world. And so, as Abba James just said, prayer is the work of God, uh, and it's, it's the way that we really participate in kind of his uh, work in the world. And so, apart from... Um, far from being kind of a, an inactive thing, uh, in some ways we recognize it as being maybe the best thing that we can do for the world. And I think if you, if you do engage in prayer multiple times a day for an extended period of time, you begin to realize that it really is a work. Um, it takes a different type of effort to stay focused and attentive in the morning than it does in the evening, a different type of effort to stay attentive and focused in the afternoon than it does in the nighttime. And so each of those times of prayer uh, really is a work to stay focused on the Lord throughout the extent of the prayer. So as you gather different times a day, like you talked about, there are different prayers sort of. So what is the difference, say, between you know morning prayer and Vespers? Yeah, those two in particular kind of have their own specific character. Morning prayer, you're kind of, uh, you begin the day with really the longest period of prayer. Uh, so you really consecrate the morning with a good, about 45 minutes of prayer. Uh, and that sort of thrusts you into the day. Uh, and the, the character of morning prayer is kind of asking God for help throughout the day. Uh, and then at evening prayer, you're looking back on the day and you're giving God the praise and thanks for the help that he did give you um, throughout the day. So it, 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 their um, specific kind of character of prayer that coordinate to the specific hour of the day. And night prayers... Uh, uh, it's got its own particular character, too, and really kind of a beautiful one. If you look at the actual structure of night prayer of Compline, um, it mirrors 
what we do at the end of life. So St. Benedict says, keep death daily before your eyes. And night prayer is kind of like a daily practice of doing just that. Um, examination of conscience. You're asking forgiveness from the people around you and from God for all the things you did wrong. You're singing a hymn of praise. You're praying his uh, psalms. You're asking uh, for his blessing. You say, into your hands, Lord, I commend my spirit. Um, and then you say the prayer of Simeon and uh, right there at the very end where he says, Lord, now you let your servant go in peace. Um, everything you've promised to me has been fulfilled. And so each kind of hour of the day has its particular character. So you talk about praying the Psalms. So, I mean, there are many prayers. Why do you pray the Psalms in particular? Yeah, the, the Psalms uh, are the prayer book of the Scripture and they're the prayer book of the Church. Um, Jesus himself prayed the Psalms. You can find various times in Scripture, particularly during his Passion, where he prays the Psalms himself. So the Church, um, uh, as, as it started after Christ's death, I took up the practice that was original to the to the Jewish faith of praying the Psalms at different times during the day in the monastic communities, particularly in the uh, early Middle Ages, uh, really solidified that practice for the Church. The Psalms are, as I mentioned, the prayer book of the Church, and they're an education in how to pray. Every single human emotion <clears throat> that you can think of, from sadness to joy, elation to dejection, um, to anger, envy, all of these things are in the Psalms. And so they're uh, an education in bringing all of our humanity, all of our experiences to the Father, um, teaching us how to take everything to Him. I heard once a story of a, a religious who went to their superior, and um, they said, I, I've got it all figured out. I'm only going to pray the joyful psalms. And the superior goes, you don't have it figured out. <laughs> this is more than about you. This is more than about... Um, your own interior, and recognizing also that you're you're probably not in touch with your interior if you're only praying the joyful psalms. Those lamentations, those those cursing psalms, um, are very much a part of the prayer. Not that we desire to have those in our interior, but it is a it is a crying out of of our human being, our human nature that we experience. And just the it's it's if we look back in in the history of the of of um, the Jewish people and of early Christianity, you know, the written scripture was a, a great gift. Obviously, the Word of God, but actually, actually in printed form, it was it was not available. And so they they memorized these psalms, and it, it became who they were. They incorporated them in, them into their interior, and so it became a very much a crying out of whether it be lamentation of joy. Um, and then that's what we strive to do in our daily prayers is to make those psalms part of our interior, um, to incorporate them into our lives, and not just you know reading words on a printed page, but this is um, the cry of of our own personal interior and the cry of the church. Um, and again, th those are cry of both uh, lamentation and a joy. Um, yeah, and some people find it difficult to begin to pray. They don't know how to pray, and they don't know the right words to pray. And so really the Psalms are a good place to begin to learn how to pray. Because if you can't find your own words, well, not, why not use the divine word, you know, God's word revealed in Scripture, to begin to prompt your prayer. And then doing that over and over again, as Abba James just said, then you begin to find your own words to express your own feelings and emotions and your own authentic humanity to God.
So another practice you guys do here at the monastery or is Lexio Divina, uh, holy reading. Can you explain what that is and uh, why that is, you know, something that you guys engage in daily? Yeah, Lexio Divina um, is simply the prayerful reading of scripture um, or texts that uh, comment on scripture, maybe homilies of the church fathers. Um, but it, it, it is firstly uh, entering into the process of reading with the attitude that the Word of God is truly living and active, that it crackles and it, and it, uh, it grabs our attention. It, it acts like another being if we give it space in our hearts to do this. One of my favorite quotes is by uh, an Archbishop McGrassi who says that the written Word on the page bears, carries to us the living Word of, of the Lord, and that the Word of God isn't just this static text, but it's a living and active force that comes uh, through the static text. Uh, that we encounter. So Lexa Divina is this process of placing ourselves uh, in this time of prayer, which is uh, a substantial portion of time, not just five minutes, uh, to read, but to read really with the end goal of encountering the Lord, encountering a person who can challenge us, who can uh, affirm us, who can encourage us, who can console us, who can act like a person toward us. Yeah, I think Brother Levin hit the nail on the head. I think Lexia Divina is a method to encounter the Lord. And that's really what life is all about, you know. Um, and the beautiful thing about Lectio Divina is it's a guaranteed method to encounter the Lord if you enter into it rightly. Because um, like you said, it's a living and active word. I think one of my, uh, another favorite quote I have, uh, I've heard about prayer is St. Teresa of Avila, kind of the doctor of prayer, and she said that, I consider prayer as nothing more than an intimate conversation between friends. And I love that because it, it highlights just the personal nature of prayer and that it's a relationship. Uh, and so if you want to have a relationship with the Lord, well, you got to encounter Him. And the, really the best way to do that, um, maybe the most uh, guaranteed way to do that, uh, is hearing his words is through Lectio Divina, through the scriptures. You know, if we want that relationship, um, if we want that encounter with the Lord, um, it's, it's important that we recognize his voice. And so Lectio Divina is that opportunity for that conversation with God, that personal encounter, that personal conversation with God. And it has a, an additional gift in that Lectio Divina is not meant to be boxed into a certain time period. Granted, you're you're doing it during a certain time, but there's supposed to be the impetus then to take that relationship, that encounter, then throughout the day through resolutions. Um, what did I? What was God saying to me in this moment, and what is He asking of me to take with me throughout the day? The response to the the prayer over the scriptures, the reading of the scriptures. What what am I to take with me in in an active way? So, what are, uh, Brother Levin, what would be a couple of practical ways that people at home could just get started trying to, sure. you know, yeah, practice sure. this? Yeah, sure. The, <clears throat> first of the most important thing is just to do it every day. Um, I, don't, I don't know what saint or what church father said this, but the only way to pray better is to pray more. Hmm. <clears throat> and so to take hits at it, repetitions, just like if you're practicing a golf swing, a jump shot, a forehand, any type of uh, exercise, uh, doing it over and over again gives you the muscle memory to do it well. Um, so doing it every day, and uh, I would say giving at least 20 minutes to it <clears throat> is important because you need a chunk of time that is sufficient to really de 
dive into it. <clears throat> and a method that I've been um, practicing myself recently uh, for doing it and that I think is uh, has been helpful for me and for some of the students that I've worked with has been to uh, read the passage three times after doing some preparation and a really silent, silencing and quieting your heart, gathering yourself together for prayer. Read it one time. Read the passage that you have selected, just, just 10 to 20 verses, and ask yourself, what is the moral of the story? What happened in this scene? Uh, what's the uh, the theme of the reading? Um, and just for a couple minutes, ask yourself that. After that, read it again. Uh, this time, ask yourself, how does this theme apply to my life? What parts of my life are being implicated by this theme? How does this theme link up with maybe other interesting passages in scriptures uh, or other aspects of my life? And then the third time, after you've read it a third time, you, you close the scripture and, and, and you just intentionally... Uh, encounter this living word, have a conversation about this topic that you've already been, been addressing with the word, um, uh, but don't rely on the text, don't rely on meditation, look at the Lord and, t- and speak to him specifically. Um, and I think if you spend 20 to 25 minutes a day doing that every day, um, you establish that habit, make it an anchor in your day, um, you'll be amazed after a month's time what it does to your life. Yeah, another good, I think, helpful tip. Uh, it seems so simple, but our world is so busy. Uh, so the first thing to do is just stop. <laughs> stop what you're doing and set aside time. So stop, look at the scriptures, and then listen to what the Lord has to say to you. Remember that that's, that's the purpose for doing it. So you, you stop what you're doing. You look at the scriptures and to the Lord through them, and you listen to his words and what the word he has for you in that moment. And if you do that, you can't go wrong. I would just add add one last thing. Um, You know, we we can get um, frustrated in our prayer at times because it doesn't seem to be going anywhere um, or we lose focus. And um, I think it was St. Bernard of Clairvaux who said, you know, when we we lose uh, focus in our prayer, our attention goes elsewhere, to refocus on Christ is itself a prayer. So give thanks for that distraction because it gave you the opportunity to refocus on Christ. Um, and so just not to get frustrated when, when those distractions come, but deal with them and refocus. Awesome. So uh, well, I'd like to thank the three of you for uh, joining us here today. And uh, Abbott, if you don't mind closing us out with a prayer. Okay. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. Almighty, merciful Father, um, as we enter into this holy season of Advent, um, we give thanks for the opportunity to examine our lives um, in preparation for the coming of the Word made flesh, the Incarnation, our Lord Jesus Christ among us. Grant us the courage to truly look into our hearts, to root out those vices that keep us from focusing on Christ, and to lift up those virtues, build them as habits that will help us in that encounter. Bless all of our listeners, all of our friends and family, that they might truly be guided through this season of Advent, always ready for the coming of our Lord. This we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. St. Benedict, pray pray for for us. And may Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, well, thanks again, guys, for joining us on the podcast today. As always, you can find MonkCast on iTunes. So uh, just search MonkCast in the iTunes store, hit that subscribe button. It'll get sent right to your 
device. Uh, you can find it on SoundCloud, YouTube, or on our website, uh, kansasmonks.org. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter for the updates of all the goings-on at the monastery and other uh, features uh, like Monk Music and Kansas Monks Magazine and the uh, 60 Seconds for Sunday. As always, thanks for listening.